Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Jake, welcome back. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna start this podcast with you. Usually, Dave and I, as as you as you know, we do these little intros. But you're here, Dave. Jake, Jake is back. To be back. Jake is back. Welcome back, Jake. Thank well, you so much. <laughs> welcome back, uh, Cotter. Um, Jake, yeah, here's 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 something really fun. Um, we've had a number, a couple of beer master or brew masters come in here uh, to the Boiling Point booth, and they've brought beer. Um, And our last guest brought in pizza. She's a pizza maker. It was amazing. So I'm just a little sad that we don't have any of uh, Jake's ice cream in here. As we're we're drinking the beer and digesting the pizza as we speak. It's missing. It is missing. I'm thinking I'm probably going to be bringing a freezer truck up and setting up camp up there since we have a new president coming in. Well, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, (laughs) So so really quickly, if if people haven't heard uh, the interview with Jake... uh, Go back a few episodes and you will see um, uh, the episode with Jake talking all about the joy scream and uh, everything that Jake is rocking in Atlanta, Georgia, making the world a better place uh, with ice cream. Um, Jake, Jake, what what happened a few days ago? We're we're not a political podcast, but this is more than politics. This is a a global shift in the uh, in in the force, uh, in fact. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, I, I don't know what actually happened. I, I'm still trying to read the, the, the lips of people like Anderson Cooper, who was on What Happens Live last night. and They were asking him the same kinds of questions, and he said, you know, I just really don't know. And I don't think any of us really know what's, what's happening right now. It's uh, honestly, for me, personally, not professionally, but personally, a terrifying thing. And I hope, upon hope, that... Love is going to beat all this into submission, and that people are going to start to act like they actually care about one another instead of that they are superior to one another. I'm a very scared guy right now when it comes to that stuff. Amen. And you know, living in the South, you know, um, you know, we've and I don't want to say that we're blind from it here or we're sheltered from it in Canada because we've seen a number of increases of uh, you know uh, racial violence and uh, and yeah. racism happening yeah. here in Canada since. The, the news it's almost like this new uh, you know permission for people to to act differently has happened whether Trump it was intended like I don't think Trump wanted that to happen but he has given right. this this anyway like, like I say it's the boiling point isn't a place really to get too too heated but the transition here is you helped me sell my cottage because you encouraged me to uh, to, <laughs> to help uh, Trump fleeing Americans buy a nice retreat on the Kennebecasis River. So, um, so that was that was your brainchild, Jake. Yeah. So, do you by any chance have any more houses? Um, well, the one I'm living in. But Jake, why, why don't you why don't you tell <laughs> you Dave because because Dave, Dave knows all about my cottage. Um, why don't you tell Dave and our listeners? Uh, but first of all, reintroduce yourself if you don't mind. But then, why, why, why don't you why don't you tell them what you observed uh, on my my constant struggle in trying to sell my property? Well, when I saw that you were having difficulty getting this gorgeous place for sale, it immediately came to mind that you should be doing what one other fellow did, and that is offering it as a Trump retreat in the event that for some godforsaken reason, and I mean that quite literally, 
that we did actually elect this man. And I'm not holding back on that. That's how I feel. Um, and I suggested that you market it that way. And, and lo and behold, quite a few people picked up on that when you did so. And it seems like it worked pretty well, huh? It did. And Dave, just so you know, Canadian press called Jake in Atlanta. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like We brought him into the Canadian media landscape uh-huh. because Jake's involved See, in real estate. I feel estate. like I'm already honorary Canadian. And I should be let in without any if, if, ands, or buts. Do you think that's possible? That, that could happen. You could bypass all, yeah. you know, the site crash for a while after the election, the immigration Absolutely. site in Canada. Um, but, yeah. you, know, you know, that is brilliant, and it speaks to your marketing because um, – I learned of this when uh, someone sent me a link from, uh, I think it was like uh, CTV. CTV National, yeah. CTV Na- yeah, where, yeah, where there's this interview with Greg Hemmings and someone said, man, is this guy ever not on the, you know, he was always on the public stage. And I said, I, I thought, well, I got to check this out. So I watched it and I thought, well done. Now, I didn't know you were behind it, but um, clearly you know, <laughs> you know how to get uh, the media's attention, Jake. Well, thank you. I, I, I seem to have a, a good relationship with the media because I used to be the media. And I think that's one of the reasons why I understand what they're looking for. Okay. And I understand what the public is going to read. Right. And I don't, I don't like this, this fake news stuff that happened and these fake plants that took place during the election. And I think that was treasonous. But I do know on the more positive side what people will actually be very excited about, especially if there's a sense of humor. And of course, that's what Greg was approaching with. I don't think that um, Greg was necessarily trying to be political. I think he was trying to say, "No, no, he was. He was. You know, he you wanted could be to be fleeing Hillary too." Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he wanted to sell his cottage. He wasn't. It was yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this about was that. all about me. For for me, it was like, hey, if you want to flee a Trump America, or if you're a Trump supporter and want to flee a Hillary America, I've got a cottage for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you just wanted to sell. I gotcha. But this is, you know, what this brings up a really interesting point. Um, now, I don't know if I picked that up from our last conversation about you. Uh, having worked within media and understanding kind of what mm-hmm. gets eyeballs and, and reads and clicks and all those sorts of things. Uh, so tell me, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I went to school at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill uh, three million years ago, and I got my uh, education in a school of journalism. And we learned the journalism that apparently and unfortunately used to be where there was an ethics in media course and that we understood that we were not there to editorialize we were there to report the facts and so i worked for the raleigh news and observer uh while i was in college and learned very quickly that i was probably not meant for the media because at that time the media was always looking for the raw side of things and i found out that maybe i was more suited to the marketing and pr side of of communication than i was the media side, but I never forgot what I learned in school and learned that what would make a good headline, what would make compelling reading. And my thing was always, please, everyone stick to the facts, no conjecture, no editorializing, make sure that you have verified your facts three and four times. And so now when, when I see opportunities to publicize a friend's business or a friend's opportunity to sell a home, like we were doing with Greg, it's strictly about getting people's attention in, in hopefully a very positive and lighthearted way. And, and that's what I try to do with everything that I do on social media now. Well, and that must, I mean, that, so, so behind, you know, a launch of a new product for you, 
I mean, that must be the lens you're looking through in terms of how do I get it to market? I mean, probably even uh, unconsciously. Yeah, and I, I think that we've seen so much negative on social media. I, I, I certainly have a hard time even looking at my Facebook feed right now because my friends that I'm very, very close to that are angry at every single news piece that comes up and that they've been turning and share are miserable. And, and, and I understand their misery. I understand why they're so upset. But at some point, you have to actually stop and go back to living your life to some degree, not ignoring the scary stuff that's going on, but actually start living your life the way you did before, where you were probably a more positive thinker than you are now. Everybody right now that I know is extremely reactionary. And what bothers me for them is they're reacting to stories that aren't necessarily true. Mm. I'm concerned about a lot of the things that are true. But I don't actually have time to verify every single story, so I just stopped being political on Facebook yep. for the foreseeable future. It's just it's just too much to try to defend. I'm not a political science um, uh, specialist or, or expert, and I know what I know and I feel what I feel, but I'm, I'm going to stick to the facts as far as I can. I got a question for you. So Sure. So, you know, you bring up a really interesting point for me. And, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I use Twitter a bit. I, I, you know, I'm very passive on Facebook. I just don't really see that for me personally as, as the area I want to have a debate, um, you know, around really topics that are important to me because I just, it just doesn't feel like it's just not for me, the, 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 the medium. Um, and, and having said that, I also see the power in bringing good stories and I'm just wondering, yeah. like, how, like, cause, like, in anything, in anything, like, I think of as a coach, right? Um, you know, when we're working with someone, or if I'm, when someone's working with me in a, in a coaching context, you know, we're we're leveraging the strength that people have um, before it becomes a liability. So any the theory right. being any strength overuses liability, right? Um, mm-hmm. So someone's very good, you know, verbally, but talks all the time, and don't, you know, so that becomes a liability, right? Social media has right. this really powerful. Um, uh, you know, can really influence good. Um, so, so given how you're feeling right now, um, and you know, but the the importance of being careful how you use this medium, like how wh- wh- how do you draw the line, and uh, or or do you think you can personally, given what you also know about uh, media, you know, from your from your schooling well, and journalism? I'm testing that. I'm I'm testing that very thing as we speak because right now I'm trying to find out how much positivity my audience really wants. And so far, the responses I'm getting to the things that I'm talking about are getting more response than I ever dreamed they would. I think people are just so relieved to be able to talk about something that feels good. It could be a post about the gentleman out in the Midwest who gave out $100,000 through the local police force in $100 bills where the police were actually stopping cars who, of course, were being driven by terrified people, and they would be given 100 bucks, And it was black officers and white officers giving to black people and white people and Asian people and the reactions to the getting this hundred dollars towards the holidays or towards their immediate bills was of course tear jerking. And we see these stories every year, but I posted it and it's been shared and shared and shared. And I've just been thrilled that something good and something positive was actually responded to. The other thing that I'm testing is I started a little fan, uh, a Facebook page about, understanding food and what it does for us and to us based on my own struggle with weight. And when Greg and I met uh, almost two years ago, 
I was packing a, a pretty hefty frame and, and I went to, I had the great pleasure of getting to go and teach in Julia Child's kitchen in Provence uh, two months ago in October. And I saw pictures of myself cooking and I was going, who is that fat guy in those pictures? What happened to me? And it was all stress eating. And I had been thin all of my life. And in the last couple of years, I've had a couple of very stressful things happen. And I just stopped paying attention to what I was putting in my body. So I'm on the plane coming back from France, from, from Nice, and I'm throwing back the Coca-Colas. And I decide while I'm doing this that the next day, October 1st, that I was going to absolutely cut all soda out of my life. And then I was going to cut my sugar intake back first by three quarters and then by seven eighths. And I was going to do this for 30 days. And I would hire a trainer to hold me accountable. So I start the page to let everybody share in this process and what I was going through. And I couldn't believe how many people started joining, wanting to talk about their food issues and cheering me on. And 30 days comes and goes, and I've managed to not cheat one time. My trainer has now said, you need to get to 60 days to kill the sugar dragon, and then you're going to have some much, much more smooth sailing. Yesterday was my 60th day without cheating. I've lost 24 pounds. Holy. And I'm never going back. Oh, I'm my gosh. Jake. That's amazing. And, and just by cutting sugar out. Just by cutting sugar out, but it's, it's, it's more than that. What I asked for in my second week, which was the big revelation, I put on Facebook, okay, guys, I'm going down. I thought I could make it past the two-week mark. I'm going down. I'm going to hit IHOP or I'm going to hit Dairy Queen. I'm going to go somewhere because I've got to have sugar right away. Please stop me before I do this. I can't stand to eat another six unsalted almonds. Give me something before I fall off the wagon, kind of like an AA situation. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody comes out with these really sweet ideas, and I mean that literally, all replacing one kind of sugar with another. They're saying, well, eat a, eat a piece of fruit or have some stevia in something. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking. What can I eat that will neutralize my desire for sugar? Nobody had an answer. So I'm thinking, well, what are some foods that I love that are really good for me that might actually at least fill me up for now? And it turned out that it was proteins. So I love chicken. I love fish. And then there's some fats that I really love. I love avocado. So I went and made a chicken and avocado plate and ate that. And, of course, that was great for the moment. But I was like, well, what's going to happen next time? Well, what I did was I kept eating proteins every time I wanted sugar. And eventually, I would test myself with a little bit of sugar, and I didn't want it anymore. And eventually, beyond that, I just stopped eating sugar. So I almost have no sugar in my diet now at all. That's amazing. And, and, friend, and interesting that, that your core business as well is ice cream. <laughs> is ice cream. But yeah. at the same time, you are developing products in the ice cream side, including that amazing avocado-based ice cream, right. Joyce Cream, that, uh, that is helping people transition as well, right? Exactly. Like, it's not that you've, exactly. you've stopped They're, selling sugar in your ice cream, but... Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, not everybody has an allergy like I do or an addiction like I do to sugar. So it's, I'm not going to impose right. my new lifestyle on anyone else. Right. People are able to eat their product as a whole food because everything in our ice cream is healthy. The sugar is, of course, over the top on some level. But if they're getting a little bit, they're having a moderation, no harm, no foul, especially if they're exercising. We're right on the belt line, which is this incredible uh, path that goes through the entire city of Atlanta where people are exercising right where we're located. We're good with that. But for me, 
I'm going to be eating our vegan ice cream. I'll be eating toy ice cream from now on more often than not because I don't, I don't actually have the craving for the sugar. So I'm not going to eat things I don't crave. Yeah. And that's a really exciting thing for me to find out because I thought I was a, I thought I was a goner. My, so my, this is big news for me. Uh, um, congratulations. The, the original point of this was that my, my followers, the people that are actually watching what I'm doing, they want more. They want more positivity. They want more things that they can uh, stake their claim to than, than all the stuff that says we're all going to hell in a handbasket. I think, uh, for me, what I really like about what you're describing, Jake, and first off, congratulations. That's, um, Thank uh, you. that's a massive accomplishment. Um, it was for me. Well, no, it is. I mean, we all have our crutch, right? In, in, for yeah. everyone's a little different. I thought I was going to have to go into a treatment program. I really did. Yeah. I didn't know if there was one for sugar, but <laughs> I compare it to heroin. No, you're well, and you know what? I don't think you're far off for some people, right? Yeah, and, and I agree. And we all, like I said, I mean, anyways, I have a theory. Everyone's got the crutch. So, so for you that you know, so so to get off that is like massive, right? What I think is really yeah, cool about how you use social media is, um, you know, if we make our goals a uh, public, um, yeah. and it creates accountability and yeah. follow through, which is, is massive. And the fact that, so you're not only using for positive, but also I'm hearing this other piece where I'm willing to be transparent and, you know, yeah. as I'm struggling, I'm going to share that with the community and they've rallied around you. And so, so that's a really good description of using it for positive, um, and leveraging yeah. that big muscle of s- the social media it can be and has, and you know, in terms of impact on you personally, but but also kind of associated with your brand or your or your business or whatever. So right. yeah, very cool. I, that's a great that's a great example. And, and Jake, qu- quick question: what what is your main um, what is your main uh, community platform? Is it Facebook or is it the blog or what? It is. It, it it really is. I'm actually more comfortable on Facebook because. I, I, I love the visual of Instagram. I think it's awesome. But quite honestly, I haven't really learned the product as well as I need to. And I'm very comfortable with the written word. And that's something where I can flow a little bit better uh, with, with the, the keyboard than I do with, with typing out a few things on a, on a smartphone like uh, Mr. Trump does in the middle of the night. <laughs> Mr. Trump. Um, well, this goes. So, what else is happening new? So, congrats on, and I'm really glad you shared that, man. That's really inspiring. Uh, you know, we all have our vices. I know what mine is, and we just finished uh, one and a half of them a minute ago. Um, bar- would that have something to do with some foam and some barley? Barley sandwich. Barley sandwich. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, uh, all that to say. Uh, really proud of what you're doing, but I love how that connects to your brand. Your your brand is turning junk food into something that isn't so junky as well, right? That's right. Yeah. So what we're our big focus right now, and the thing that we're really excited about is we have been launching other people's brands in our incubator since 2006, and one of the brands is King of Pops. They're very well known popsicle company in the United States now, but they came out of the Irwin Street Market and the Irwin Street Community Kitchens, where we are based. And I knew when I started this thing that it was going to be really hard, and it was going to be hard to see people fail if they weren't prepared or if the market wasn't friendly to what they wanted to do. But Sandy, my business partner, and I have re-upped our commitment to doing this incubator, and we have built a new kitchen, we've created a new marketplace for them, and we are very excited because Uber Eats, which is a major deal in Atlanta, 
is going to be delivering the foods that are now made in our incubator to people all over the city. And that deal got done yesterday. So we're just kind of flying. Wow. We'll be the first company in the Uber network that is a non-restaurant that they're going to be delivering for, similar to Amazon. Years ago, we had something called Webvan. We're going to be delivering fresh pasta uh, that this incredible guy named Ramsey Eaton is creating, uh, mushrooms that are being grown on our farm by Howard Burke. There's just all these really great products that nobody else has, nobody else has access to, that are getting created out of our incubator. And I get to be there to help them make that happen. And I'm just, you know, just thrilled beyond measure that I get to play here. So I didn't even realize you had an incubator. Is this, is this your own, Jake? Or is it like, how, yeah, how, yeah. Did, this, how did this come about? Well, when I got started with the ice cream business, I knew that I was going to have to go up against the Department of Agriculture. And I really did think it was going to be some kind of a battle. And boy, was I wrong. These people are so amazing at their customer service. And the customer is any manufacturer that's producing in, in our state specifically. And I contacted them to ask them how to build a dairy kitchen to make my ice cream. And they sent out a relatively new inspector named Mark Gordon. And uh, Mark said, we don't normally get calls from people who haven't built their kitchen yet. They normally have already done it, and we have to go in and tell them what they did wrong. He said, so let's, let's sit down and draw out a picture of what you're going to need, and then I'll help you through the process until you're up and operating. I'm cool. like, this isn't going to be a fight? No, it's not going to be a fight. We're going to help you. And true to form, over the years, we developed this beautiful relationship with the Department of Agriculture, and they came to us uh, – uh, 10 years ago, actually, and said, why don't you create with us a community kitchen? And you guys will be the launch pad for all these food businesses, and you can actually learn how to help them follow the rules and regulations that are required to produce food. And it'll save us a lot of trouble, but we'll give you the education you need to do that. And you'll also offset some of your rent in the process, because you've got these kitchens that are not in operation full time. Nice. So we went to school at the University of Georgia and got some education came back and, and fired it up and it's been going strong ever since. And I just, I love it. I really do. So other, other food entrepreneurs, they can come test the products there cause you've got the industrial kitchen and, uh, and you, yeah. you help, you help by training them with all the things that they need to know to do it right. And that literally they, from A to Z, the, 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 first of all, people typically do not have the money to build a commercial kitchen to test whether or not they actually want to be in the food business. So this is a great way somebody can come in, try out their products, try out the marketing and the retail and the wholesale of it, but not have a huge investment in the process. And what we're doing is we're not actually charging for our expertise. We only charge for the rental time. The rest of it comes to them absolutely free. And we also have a peer support program where other entrepreneurs are supporting them as well. We don't have any people that are doing the same as somebody else. So there's no worries about cannibalism or uh, any kinds of conflicts of interest. So we're all, as a group, helping microeconomically build new food businesses from this location. How, how did how do people find out about you? Like, how do they um, qualify? Or what? You well, know, like I'm, I must there must be a lineup. We're actually on the Georgia Department of Agriculture's website. They've endorsed us, which is an incredible endorsement in itself. We get three or four calls a day because of that. And then, of course, we have our Facebook presence. Uh, we can easily be found on Google under Urban Street Community Kitchens. Um, but we actually now have a waiting list for people to get in and we're being very selective because we want to bring in people that really want to make their business work. They're not just dabbling. Right. They're really serious. So what's the criteria that you look for? 
Um, believe it or not, it's the first one is not capital. It's actually having some kind of a business plan, having a passion for what they do, creating something that may not yet be on the market. Um, and really having thought through, is this a relevant product? Does anybody really need this? We have, for example, a lot of people still trying to find kitchen space so that they can bake cupcakes. Cupcakes were huge eight, nine, ten years ago. They're not big anymore. And Nobody's really that excited when they see a cupcake. They yeah. said that <laughs> craze is coming on. So if it's if it's timely, if it's something that we think could actually make a huge difference, this woman, for example, who's coming on board with us tomorrow, and she's making cheese out of rice milk. And I didn't know that was even possible. It's a spreadable cheese made out of rice milk. And I'm excited about that because it's a vegan cheese that melts and looks as great as a macaroni and cheese cheese. Huh. But it's actually good for you. I'm just thrilled by that. You know what? I like? It's interesting to list your criteria. And do you invest in these companies at all yourself? I mean, beyond. I, I mean, do, I invest in me. I don't actually invest money because what we want to do is make sure there's no convolution right. of, of what we do and what they do. We want them to know that they are free to grow and launch and even leave when they're ready to leave without any strings attached. So I, I may do it someday. I may do some investing someday, but right now uh, we really want everybody to feel unencumbered and not feel like they're beholden to us in anything other than their contractual contractual relationship. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's brilliant. I was just thinking you're acting, you know, kind of like a VC, but, but for, for you're just putting, you know, the currency that you're, you're giving is positivity actually. And and I guess the other, other, yeah, go ahead, Joy, Joy, sorry. I was saying positivity and the expertise that we have, because we've really earned, the knowledge that we have. We didn't come by it easily. We've, we've been in the business for over 20 years and we know what is required for the consumer by the Department of Agriculture and we don't take shortcuts and we won't allow anyone else to take them either. And we also know what's required by the state of Georgia. We know what to share with our people so that they don't have to take months and months of research and asking questions and not be able to get a direct answer. And we're able to give them the answer immediately and they're they're like, you mean we can actually start business tomorrow? I'm like, if you've done all your homework, yes, you can. And they're blown away by that. You know, I see a whole new group of listeners as a result of this interview, Greg. Yeah. You see a whole new what? Group of listeners as a result of this That's interview. That's right. That's right. Uh, J- J- the, all the uh, foodies, anyone. All the foodies. Yeah. Like, I mean, this this yeah. could be a whole new uh, angle. You should send us some of your, uh, some of your most dynamic um, cohort uh, participants. Oh, I'd be I think that's a great I'd be idea. Thrilled. They would love to talk to you guys. Um, Jake, okay, last time we spoke, you were talking about uh, bringing your product into Canada. Uh, as a final note, because sadly we're at that point again, um, are we there yet? Can we can we get Jake's ice cream and Joy's <laughs> cream in Canada? You know, I, I tell you, I think we're getting a lot closer. I, I probably will have to admit that I got a little bit sidetracked by the incubator because it's kind of exploded. And I'm under an NDA right now, but I'm, I'm going to have huge tunes for you in about a week about who one of our big new incubator members are going to be. It's a global company that's actually joining us to be incubated by us. Wow. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And off, 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 uh, off air, I'll tell you who it is because uh, it's pretty amazing. And you'll just have to promise to keep it, keep it on the down low. Well, how, how, but, how about this? This is, what, this is what we'll do. Why don't we say goodbye here in a sec? We're just going to okay. wrap up. I'll stop pressing okay. record, and then we'll keep you on the phone. This is the ultimate test of trust. Yes, it is, and, <laughs> and that's good. I trust you. So guys. listen, for all and for all of our listeners, 
we will be releasing this particular podcast far after the time that, yeah. that so, you so, so go go look at the website. Go look and, at the go, you'll, yeah. you'll see Jake's news. And, and and Jake, remind people of the website that they can find out what this big secret news is. What's the website? It's it's BerwinStreetMarket.com. Awesome. Okay, Jake, thanks so much for so being on again. Okay, this is this is awesome, and thanks for selling my cottage as well. That was really awesome. <laughs> Still waiting for my check. Yeah, oh, well, I know that. So listen, we're gonna say goodbye to the listeners, but you stay on the phone because we've got a, a prize pack for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> okay. See you later. Just like. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're still here. Goodbye, but we're, everybody. It was awesome talking Jake to you. saying goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, folks. Uh, make sure you check in uh, and to see who the, the big news. I mean, like, I'm excited about hearing the big news. Any any final takeaways for you, Greg? I just can't wait to get Joy Cream in Canada. The avocado uh, ice cream is incredible. On that, I'm going to press stop. Goodbye. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.